Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of The Morgue, The Merrier with Angelina and Desiree. Today we're going to be covering the Lizzie Borden murder case. Uh, for those of you who don't know, it took place in Fall River, Massachusetts in 1892. Now, Lizzie Borden was tried but ultimately acquitted for the murders of her father and stepmother by hatchet blows to the face and the head. Supposedly hatchet blows. So the big question of this case is, did Lizzie do it? And, you know, with a lot of the mainstream media and everybody that covers it, they're going to make you believe that Lizzie did it. But maybe by the end of this, your mind will be changed. So Lizzie was actually um, the youngest daughter of Andrew Borden, who was she was really big into like the church and Sunday school. And she had like a ton of friends and was well known around town. Um, Her older sister, Emma, was also a part of this case. um, But Lizzie ultimately was the number one suspect because she was home at the time of the murders um, on August 4th, 1892. And If you don't know Massachusetts weather, it is super balls to the walls hot. And humid. And humid and disgusting in August as it's just like freezing and cold and all that in now. Every (laughs) other month besides August. So um, they, so this was August 4th, 1892. The day beforehand, um, Andrew Borden was known for being a very cheap man, even though he had a ton of money. So back then he was worth about $250,000, which is about $5 million today's money. Yeah, roughly. And being in, you know, Massachusetts, it's like a lot of money for somebody to have out here. Oh yeah, Like even definitely. nowadays, like lots of money. So he was involved in a lot of mills and banking and stuff like that, but his purse strings were super duper tight. So he never wanted to give any of his daughters any of his money. Um, but something that really kind of made Lizzie and Emma mad was that he would give his wife a lot of money and his wife's family a lot of money. Yeah. And um, this was their stepmother. So they weren't very close to her. They kind of resented her for the fact that she took essentially their family's money. They had a mother, Sarah Borden, who died when Lizzie was only about two years old, I believe. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So she died really early on. And then he andrew borden remarried um abby borden so this was a hot disgusting summer day in massachusetts and they were eating the same disgusting mutton stew for like four four or five days i was gonna say for several days and i don't even think that like refrigerators were a thing back then so even if they were he didn't own one he didn't want to spend the money for that yeah so they kept the same disgusting mutton stew and please tell them what mutton is because it's disgusting so for those of you who don't know mutton is old sheep disgusting gross so that sat on the stove for days at a time and because he didn't want to waste any food he just forced his family to keep eating the same disgusting stew over and over again during these hot humid summer Gross. months that's yeah, so nasty no. they probably have to heat it up they just go and eat it right out of the bowl i mean it was already hot ew, ew. gross anyway um so they were continuously eating it and the whole family the whole household was sick the whole entire time eating this so the day of the murder it was about um 7 a.m when three of the people in the household had left the house for the day now at this point in time john morse who was actually lizzie and emma's birth mother's brother was staying at the house at the time supposedly there for 
for some type of business or whatever but he never came around and he no. lived in i believe ohio which yeah he traveled from out of state at very out of his way very and he out of showed his up way. with zero suitcase belongings absolutely anything absolutely nothing he had nothing on him he came all the way from ohio i believe which is like a hike to massachusetts to get here um supposedly with the intent on doing business whatever that business might have been um but at 7 a.m the the day of august 4th john morse abby and andrew had all gotten up to start their day um at about 8 45 a.m john had left the house with intent to go visit his niece and buy oxen which i think that's very weird because if you're coming from ohio why are you buying a big ass fucking ox like you bringing it back with you i have no idea maybe he wrote it back okay that makes a lot of sense never mind um (laughs) 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 hi ho ox yeah (laughs) that's dumb mush um anyway so supposedly around 8 45 a.m he had left the house and he told um the police at the time that he left the house and he got on a streetcar which i don't know what that is but anyway a streetcar it's like uh like a trolley i would say i think okay, a trolley that makes sense i think so he got on a streetcar with six priests and this will come into play in a little bit but around 9 a.m is when andrew borden decides to get up to go to work and um that time was only when lizzie Bridget Sullivan, the maid, and Abby Borden were in the house. Now, Emma was gone. She was in Fairhaven, Massachusetts for a dress fitting, in which this was also came off very weird to people because Emma never left the house for more than two days at a time, or more than a day at a time, excuse me. And she was gone for two days at this point in time. So that already struck everybody as weird. But so after Andrew left the house at 9 a.m., it was almost immediately after that that Abby Borden was murdered. And this came off also very strange to people because supposedly the murder weapon was a hatchet. And when Abby Borden was murdered upstairs in the bedroom where John Morse was staying, there was no blood splatter. There was no pools of blood around her. She was hit about, I believe, 18 or 19 times in the head. 19 times. The first blow was to the side of the head. Mm -hmm. Um, And that suggests that she was actually facing her killer. Indicating Um, that she knew who it was or whatnot and then the rest of the 18 blows were to the back of the head so she fell face down onto the zero defensive wounds she just got conked in the head and went down so they found it very odd when they were investigating this that she there was no blood anywhere aside from just the wounds on her head yeah but it did suggest from the way that she fell and where the first blow was that she knew her killer and she came in whoever came in to kill her she was probably just like what are you doing in here yeah <laughs> yeah exactly. she just literally got knocked in yeah, the head yeah. and, and oh died. you're home early or like just like random like i didn't know Seriously. you're coming over so that was about 9 or 10 a.m and it was about 10 45 a.m when andrew borden returned back to his home and most people are like okay well if he comes home he's probably gonna know something's up but andrew was a very secretive person and he had his own key and his own stairwell to his area of the house so when he came in he came in through the side of the house and he walked in and supposedly went right over to a couch kicked his feet up and took a nap because he wasn't feeling good from the mutton poison. the mutton they all he got felt, sick which was, this was also very weird for andrew because he 
never skipped work. Nope. He never came home early and he never was sick. Like he would yeah. just work through it. But yeah. this time, I guess five days of dead sheep could really make you sick. <laughs> so he decided to come home and take a nap. And it was around 11.15 a.m. when Lizzie returns inside after she said that she was outside in the barn looking for fishing hooks for an upcoming fishing trip where she found her father murdered on the couch. And that's when she freaked her shit. She ran outside, told Bridget, who was the maid again, that her father was inside and he was dead. And Bridget took off like just like okay i'm going I'm now out. yeah she ran down the street and knocked on the door of the local doctor and said uh help yeah which if you see the photos of the mother and the father there was no helping them they it, were yeah they were pretty much brutally yeah there was no helping and them. at the time of um andrew's murder abby had been dead for what 90 minutes about 90 minutes yeah. but at this point in time they didn't know that abby was upstairs dead when right. her father was laying downstairs on the couch dead so it was about then when they came back to the house and it's very weird the timing of this murder because there is one day out of the year when all of law enforcement was out of town in rhode island for a clam bake clam bake Gross. Gross. Do you like your clams baked? I love my clams baked. <laughs> Can I sign somebody to bake your clam? <laughs> no, I feel like I need to choose who it is. It's very personal. Right, like, nah. um, So <laughs> all of law enforcement was out of town at that time um, for a clam bake. So there was, was like zero police officers in town at yeah. that time. So they had to call everybody back to investigate the murder. So again... Um, Lizzie, Emma, and uh, John Morse and Bridget all had an alibi, but it was more so of like who there was no they thought about a third party. Maybe somebody could have came and murdered while they were all not in the house, but they didn't think that that made a lot of sense because how could a murderer hide in a house for 90 minutes and not get caught when Andrew came home and, you know, she'd already been, Abby was already dead upstairs for 90 minutes. And the doors were locked from the inside. Yeah. So there's no evidence of break-in, forced entry, stuff like that. The doors were locked from the inside. Yeah. So they kind of ruled out a third party. So at that point in time, it was either John Morse, the uncle, Emma, who was gone, Lizzie, or Bridget. Now, at this point in time, Bridget was outside washing the windows from the outside. So there was pretty much no way that Bridget could have done it and Emma was all the way like towns and towns over Mm -hmm. in Fairhaven Massachusetts so there really wasn't any way she could have done it and John Morse had a pretty solid alibi that he was on that streetcar going to buy his ox and see his niece at uh it was about 9 a.m uh that he left or 8 45 a.m he left the house and he said well i was on this streetcar here's the conductor he could have totally told you that there were six priests on the streetcar with me however the conductor said yeah there were six priests on the streetcar but i don't recognize this man right so it comes to the point where maybe do you think he walked out of the house said oh there's a streetcar down there like six like, priests on it i'm mm-hmm. not gonna get on it i'm just gonna go back but that's the pretty house, significant but, like to yeah s- to spit out like that wasn't me like you yeah. can go fact check with this conductor guy or whatever exactly so i just think that it's a little weird that 
he had this alibi, but he was not seen on the streetcar himself. But right. either way, that was enough for police to kind of rule him out and say, all right, he wasn't here. He was buying an oxen. So, Which, how stupid is that? Wicked Like, stupid. someone was like, you weren't here. And the police was like, he must have been there. Like, yeah, well. <laughs> exactly. So they just kind of took his word for it. But they started to hone in on Lizzie. Yeah. And Lizzie's alibi was that she was out in the barn and she was looking for fishing stuff for an upcoming fishing trip hooks or some shit yeah which it kind of started to get um they started to not believe her once her story started to change because at first it was fishing tackle then it was i was out there eating a pear and then i was out there eating two pears and then i ate five of them her story continuously started to change and I think that we can all kind of agree because you never know. I mean, if you were tried for the murder of your parents, how like that got to be so traumatizing right. to like time she was the one who found her father. So if she didn't murder her parents and she had to walk in and see that, like that's kind of wild. I'd be, I'd so, be a little frazzled too. Frazzled. Like, and I would she, remember how many fucking pears I ate. Yeah, she um, eventually had to go on trial for this. And that's when her story started to change. So you can imagine the jury was made up of a bunch of guys because back then it was still when women had like zero rights. So you have to be super like nervous sitting in front of a jury trying to, you're a woman back in this time, trying to be like, please don't lock me away for life. Like granted, I think a lot of the reason why they acquitted her was because she was a woman but that has to be super intimidating to have to stand trial in front of all these men oh, and yeah. try to come up with a story to convince them that you didn't do this. So eventually, yeah, she uh, she was placed on trial for this. Um, eventually, everybody, all the cops came back. It started a huge um, investigation and... Essentially, they looked into nobody else. They just looked yeah, into they Lizzie. they honed in on Lizzie. And, and not to mention, when the cops all came back from this baking of the clams, they essentially just contaminated the fuck out of this crime scene. Yeah. Because dozens of people were just in and out, in and out, in and out. And mm-hmm. they could have easily missed something because this fucker, you yeah. know, like, ruined something. Like, you never know. Yeah. So, yeah, back then... um, I've just, they, they don't have, like, obviously what we have nowadays. Yeah. So they definitely contaminated the crime scene and stuff like that. And they just kind of assumed from the wounds on the father and mother's head that it was a hatchet. They had gone into the basement to try to look for the murder weapon. And they said that they found a hatchet that it's, um, that br- the handle broke off recently so they just kind of assumed that whoever had the hatchet just kind of went like balls through the walls and, and just like, like literally beat broke the it off. crap out of like these yeah. people. But again, something like that, you would have blood splatter and Lizzie's dress was clean at the time when they came to investigate the dress she had been wearing all day. Zero blood splatter. There was almost no time for her to have cleaned up within the time that she found her father time of death time that she found them time that they called the doctor over right so there would have been blood splatter if it was a hatchet which goes to the um theory that it was not actually done with a hatchet now this hatchet and the couch is actually at the fall river historical society i did not know that 
the furniture that's inside of the Lizzie Borden house today are replicas, but yeah. there is almost nothing in there that is original to the actual Lizzie Borden house at the time of the murders. There's a lot of cool things in there, like how they have these, you know, like the hair they like it's like post-mortem they used to do back then where they would take the dead person's hair and make it into like sculptures and stuff like that. Yes. It's yeah. all it's all like relevant to the time, but it was not something that was actually in the Lizzie yeah. Borden house as the murders were happening. So, I mean, they did a great job. Like if you yeah. walked in, you would never be like, Oh, that wasn't original. Like yeah. it looked like it all original. looks super original, but it definitely kind of, it's just nothing there is actually there from the time of the Lizzie Borden murders. So if you ever want to see that couch or the hatchet that I don't actually believe killed the mother and the father, go to the Fall River Historical Society, which I am about to take a trip down there because it's super interesting. I'm saying, let's go there tomorrow. Yay. We'll be in Fall River anyway. Facts. <gasps> okay. Well, we're Yay. Do it tomorrow. It's a date. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, so it goes to kind of the theory that um, Andrew and Abby Borden were not murdered by a hatchet, but by a butcher knife. A cleaver? A cleaver which that kind of makes a lot of sense because our friend John Morse was actually a butcher. Dun, dun, dun. I'm getting to something here if you, <laughs> you catching my vibe. <laughs> catching my vibe. So I, I truly, that is something when I heard this story that, you know, it, the murder weapon doesn't make any sense. And what would be his alibi or like, or not his alibi, what would be his reasoning for him wanting to kill Andrew and Abby Borden. Yeah. Like, at the time, like, he... And that's why they ruled him out so quickly. Yeah. It's like, he has no motive. They didn't feel like he had any motive. But if you think about it, when we go back to when we were talking in the beginning, Andrew Borden was given Abby Borden all types of money to give to her family. And this was making Lizzie and Emma very upset. Yeah. And if he wanted to, and he wanted to get that money back into the family he could totally that could be his motive to yeah. kill andrew and abby to keep the money within the family right so i mean in my opinion i feel like that makes total sense because there were a lot of journals that was found in lizzie's house and you can just read in lizzie borden's writing that she loved her father so much. Yeah. So why, why? I mean, like, I know she had a bad relationship with Abby strictly because of the money situation and stuff like that. But why would she ever hurt her father? Right. The mother makes a lot of sense. But, but her I, dad? I don't think it that... It doesn't make sense. It doesn't... Like, yeah. That doesn't fall in line with any plan that she might have had. I don't think that John Morse had any you know loyalty to andrew definitely to his nieces because that's his family but this right. is just some dude like what is he really why does he why would he even care like i don't think if this dude as much died. as like loyalty he doesn't have to him like why yeah why would he care like, you know like i don't think he would care enough to murder him but then again they're saying that you know the plan was never to murder andrew borden he wasn't supposed to be home at the time. Correct. So imagine him leaving the house thinking that John Morse had left the house in the morning and coming back sick and seeing a bloody John Morse inside of your living room, right. essentially. Right. Like, he probably, in my mind, maybe freaked out and was like, this dude's gone too. And just like... No witnesses! Hacked like, the shit out of yeah. him. So 
that is my opinion of something that could have yeah, possibly happened. Like, it just makes so much sense. And, you know, I think Lizzie was actually super tiny. She was, like, 135 pounds. She was, like, my height, like, 5'6 or something. Like, like, there's no way. How could she have got that much force behind to, like, murder her own dad? And break the hatchet. And break the hatchet. And, like, okay, I've been mad. I ain't no 135 pounds. <laughs> I could snap a hatchet in half, but no. Yeah, like, over my knee, no. If she claims that she loved her father yeah. so much, I just don't see how it could make any sense that she would be the one to murder. Do you agree? Like, No, yeah. I think that Andrew Borden's death was purely like, oh shit, like he's yeah. home. Like, we're going to go to fucking jail. Yeah, exactly. And I think that without Lizzie's approval, I think, john morris just went ham on him like, yeah like you said he didn't want any witnesses abby's been dead for an hour and a half mm-hmm. he was just like fuck it i truly think the plan was to kill abby to keep the money within the family because honestly andrew borden was not like you know crusty old at the time but he was in his late 60s yeah. and i doubt he would want to remarry and stuff like that so probably just to keep the money within the family makes a lot of sense but i do believe that there was no intent to murder andrew borden and that's probably why it was reported that lizzie and emma were so hysterical because if you intended to murder somebody you probably wouldn't be as hysterical as they claimed that they were right because it'd be all fake and like they didn't want to lose their dad right that was never part of their plan if they had one that yeah they didn't fall in place yeah so this this house is super notorious especially in massachusetts it's kind of one of the places especially if you're into like history or like ghosts and stuff like that where you want to go see because supposedly it's haunted it's been on ghost adventures it's Mm -hmm. been on so many ghost shows and they host like ghost hunting there like yeah without covid it's weekly but like with covid it's like one or two like here or there but and it's an operating bed and breakfast it's an operating bed and breakfast super fun like i stayed there and i do want to stay there again whether or not you feel ghosts or see ghosts or like what have you it's just like cool to be there yeah because they show you things that you don't see when you're taking the regular tour and right. then like you can just roam the house at night like it's not even anybody's problem but we could do our own ghost hunting they after everyone goes to bed they tend to think that okay where where do you think these do you think it's actually haunted or do you think that it's just they called it thought forms which is just people giving so much hype to a place that's had so much negative energy attached to it that they want to believe that it's haunted but it's not actually haunted because I've been to the Lizzie Borden house several times and I can say that I've never felt anything. I've never seen anything. Like, I don't know if, if it's, it's haunted If or it's not. truly haunted or if it's the hype. Like, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, <laughs> yeah. When, we went, when my brother and I, we went to the third floor. Mm-hmm. And the third floor is kind of the creepiest floor. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where Bridget uh, stayed and they had two back rooms. Um, one of them, there's like a what's the thing toy chest yeah the toy chest with a bunch of toys in it because mm-hmm. a, a supposedly um there are two children's spirits that kind of roam the property especially in this one room um they're actually were they neighbor kids or were they related no it was actually before um i believe 
that the Bordens own the property. Yeah. There was a mother who drowned her two kids in a well. Yeah. On the property. On the property. So. But yeah, this is well before yeah, the Bordens before. even occupied So supposedly it. those kids haunt the third floor, which I will agree that the third floor is very. It's creepy. It gives you vibes. Yes. But I'm not sure. I'm still not sure. But I feel like if any part of the house is haunted, it's the third floor. It's the third floor. floor. I guess not even. I felt nothing in the room where Abby was murdered. Nothing in the room where Andrew was murdered. Yeah. But that third floor, like, there's a room in the back to the left that you just walk in and, like, you just get, like, bad juju vibes. And it's super duper dark. There's, like, no lights up there. Like, even it could yes, be, like, it's super bright dark. <laughs> there's one the window, like, really in the back. Mm-hmm. But it's so dark in that room. Wicked dark. And it was a bright-ass day. Yeah. Like, there was no reason for that room to be. And that's just kind of... I guess adds to the creep factor but yeah it was very heavy in there i didn't get a good feeling i agree with that um when when i went into bridget's room i actually had to step out almost immediately because mm-hmm. i felt like i couldn't catch my breath yeah and at first i'm like well the stairs <laughs> we suck. just ascended all these stairs yeah, the yeah. stairs suck i'm out of weight yeah you know, <laughs> or out of weight out of shape um <laughs> so i hit my inhalers and everything but like it just felt different and it felt like like someone took my breath away it was yeah it's a very very odd feeling and then i was fine after that um and then my brother actually took a picture from the outside of the house and this was l- looking up into was it the borden's bedroom oh where john morse yeah i think you guys the front windows are john morse and then that's it if it's the second floor, second floor, yeah, because yeah, that's on just the, the hallway, the... and then a bathroom. So. Okay, so where that's where John Moore stayed. I know where everything in the is back. in this house. I know. Yeah, it's in the front. And he got a full blown face of a man mm-hmm. with a small child to baby face directly behind it. Spoopy. And at the same time, I was taking pictures. We were side by side, mm-hmm. like literally seconds apart. And in some of them, the chandelier. Yeah, that's the picture. Spoopy. The chandelier um like the lighting fixture in the room yeah. was 100% visible it was mm-hmm. daytime you could see it through the window mm-hmm. and the next photo it is gone that's freaking weird there's and no then that's my nothing. issue too because all right so like i never a lot of people report voices weird no thanks footsteps <laughs> like, yeah footsteps but again this is an old old house and my old house that i used to have with my family was built in like the late 1800s or something like that it just houses make noise so right. i don't know if i believe that there's residual haunts walking around roman halls maybe but again this house was like super thin walls and it was built in like the freaking stone ages okay like it's gonna make noises yeah. so and they I haven't touched it they haven't renovated like nothing no. everything's original so i don't know if i believe that there are a lot of reports of scratches but the photo evidence that people get in there is insane yeah like, it's crazy insane like i've seen they show you pictures when you go there that they don't want publicized they don't let you take pictures of it because they want it like just kind of for that you know yeah i want to go there i want to see these pictures but right these are the most compelling photos i've ever seen of like full body apparitions like yeah. i stayed in the room where the mom died the john morse room they call it because that's the room that he stayed in when he um stayed over but they left that picture for the very end. And it is his whole entire apparition standing in that room. And I'm like, oh my, first of all, why would he be there? Like, when you die, like, maybe it's a residual type thing. But like, when yeah. you die, why the hell would you want to go back to like, or maybe he actually did do it and he's doomed to stay there for the rest of his eternity. 
and watch people sleep in that room. That's unfortunate. Sleep. That's super unfortunate. Especially um, me. Like, ew. Sorry, Mr. Morse. I snore. Like, like seriously. really bad. Sorry, guy. But, yeah, so supposedly supposedly the house is haunted i don't know if i don't think it's like one of the craziest haunts you'll probably no. ever go like to. it might be just like creepy feelings yeah like the people that work there say that you know some days there's so much activity and some days it's just like nothing meh. it's like just it's the house. nothing yeah they've showed me pictures of scratches which wild like scratches freak me out i don't like that but like they get a lot of apparitions on camera. So do I believe the house is haunted slightly? Not mm. enough for it to be as like, like people are like obsessed with it. Like it's super haunted, but I don't believe that it's like super haunted. Like maybe slightly. Yeah. Like she said like footsteps. But whatever. for something like as, as negative that happened in there, you obviously are going to experience yeah. bad stuff. Like in you there. had two brutal ass murders that happen in that house yeah and when you walk in you feel nothing negative mm -hmm. at all like it's just like you're walking into someone's house yeah with, like cool shit everywhere so back to our friend lizzie though she um she got a so back to our friend lizzie um she was eventually acquitted for all charges on the murder um I mean, the evidence just wasn't there. There was no blood on her dress, like nothing. So to this day, the murders remained unsolved, which kind of weird that they just like let her go. They're just like, all right, well, bye. And the trial was they, like lengthy. It was like several months. Yeah. It was almost a year, I think. I honestly think that they let her off because she was a Sunday school teacher. She was a woman, like, you know. Like she couldn't have done this. Gender roles, whatever. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so they eventually let her off, and Lizzie and Emma, who used to be wick and close before the trials, they eventually completely stopped talking after the trials, um, and Lizzie just lived out her life alone <laughs> in her Maplecroft mansion, which is in Fall River as well, um, with her doggies. She yeah, had she two did, little had yippy doggies. doggies. I don't know what kind of dogs they were, but... Apparently, but yeah. they were small. She... Didn't she... Okay... Correct me if I'm wrong. I should know this because I'm obsessed with Lizzie Borden and I've dressed as her twice for Halloween. Didn't she fall down the stairs and like died? Not because of falling down the stairs, but like as a result of like, I don't really remember exactly how she died. Either way, she died at like in her late 60s, right? Kind of like her dad. Karma. That actually kind of rings a bell. But yeah, I don't remember right? with who. Maybe Emma. I think Emma Somebody died. died. Because Lizzie died and then Emma yeah. died exactly eight days later. Yeah, I think she, she fell down the some, stairs. Somebody busted their Somebody ass. Somebody fucking fell down the stairs and died. Anyway, so she died in her late 60s, right? 67. 67. Yep. Um, sort of like her dad, obviously. Yeah, like exactly. he also, I think he died at 67 as well, or a little bit older. Definitely in the 60s. Yeah, definitely in his, like, late 60s. But um, she ended up passing away, and now her, her real mom, her stepmom, her father, and her sister are all buried at the Oak Grove Cemetery in Fall River, Massachusetts. So they are all sleeping peacefully next to each other for all of eternity. Which, so. irony. <laughs> Very weird. Um, but to this day, it's just kind of up in the air. Did she do it? Did she not do it? Like I said, a lot of uh, mainstream media, ghost hunting shows, even the um, love Christina Ritchie. She, uh, Ritchie, Ritchie, I don't even know how to say her name. Ritchie, she played yeah. um, Lizzie Borden in the movies. Yeah, she but made two they, movies. 
I like, love her so much. Both she's with like, her. As, I don't understand why they did that. She's queen very of weird. horror. Like, I feel like. For, but but one of the very, one of the queens of horror. But she just does such a good job. But it's, it's always Tim Burton. I don't know. Anyway. So. Yeah, true. She, <laughs> true I love true. Tim Burton. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, she, even the movies with her, it's always portrayed that Lizzie was the one who murdered her dad. But if you go to these and her stepmom. We don't really yeah. talk about her enough. Anyway, um, if you go to the tour and you, by the end of the tour, they have you completely thinking otherwise. Oh, like, yeah. She, I truly, honestly, after going on the tour upwards of six times and staying in the house um, one night, that she had something to do with it, but, because she wanted the money, like, right, let's call a spade a spade. Like, who doesn't want $5 like, million? She, like, her dad was, like, just so fucking cheap. And yeah. Then, she sees his, you know, her father get remarried two years after her mom died. Mm-hmm. And he's just, like, spoiling her and sending yeah. money to her family. Like, that would piss anybody off. And that kind of started that resentment. You know, she mm-hmm. refused to call her mom. And it kind of just all stemmed from there. So, I, yeah, I agree with you. I truly, yeah. truly believe that she had something to do with it. Like, she was in on it. It was just such a coincidence that the uncle mm-hmm. stopped in. No belongings uh the night before all the police in town were gonna be absent mm-hmm. and he knew that andrew would be at work like it's, yeah it's the it's the perfect scenario super you know? coincidental perfect scenario um emma so, couldn't stomach it yeah so she, she left she's going trying on dresses while people are getting hacked up like yeah so all in all i don't think lizzie did it and john morris we know what you did so <laughs> i mean he's a butcher he is a butcher. We have to remember that. So he clean, very clean cut the shit out of the no missed shots. There was no like notches in the bed or the dresser. No. Like he didn't miss any shots mm-hmm. if it was him. Yeah. Um. I just think it's all too coincidental. And even Emma, she said that allegedly she witnessed um, Lizzie burning her dress mm-hmm. in the kitchen fire. Mm-hmm. And saying that she like what that she brushed up against paint, yeah. Or so, something. but again, that's going off of like being scared to death that anything could get you in trouble for this crime. So, what, oh, we right. just so happened to paint the friggin' room red, and I or brushed she brushed up, up against, against it. it or something. But yeah, but as a woman, like you said during those times, like, and I'm surprised they really acquitted her. Like usually they just be like to the jail cell you know like winch <laughs> seriously yeah but i mean it, it also doesn't surprise me that they acquitted her for being a woman too because you know these guys probably didn't want that on their hands but, yeah it you know either way but let us know what you think we told you our opinion um hopefully it swayed some questionable minds well, swayed mine, so. Definitely swayed mine. I went in there, I'm like, this bitch did it. And then by the end, I'm like, Seriously. this bitch didn't do it. Walked like, in there like, oh, yeah. And then walked out like, nope. Nope, 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 nope. Yeah. But who knows? It was never solved. No one was ever tried or convicted, I should say. Uh, Yeah, it was solved. We just solved it right now. You're welcome. Facts. You're yeah. welcome. I would like my lawyer degree right now, whatever the hell that is. Um. Sure. Yeah, lawyer degree. <laughs> I was like, what's the actual thing? Yeah, yeah law. Sure. So that is it for this episode. Thank you so, so much for tuning in and listening to us ramble about murders and, and such. Um, don't forget to like and subscribe and stay tuned for more episodes. Thanks, guys, and stay spooky.